fucking Christmas, you son of a gun. Almost. <laughs> Almost <laughs> there. What is Get it? Get in there. How many shopping days left? Uh, not enough. Not enough. <laughs> Wait, do you? So when we were doing one of those like supply chain things, you were saying the biggest day for like buying was and returns was before Christmas. And I was thinking like. Yeah, the 19th, I think. Before I had kids for the longest time, like I would do my shopping like Christmas, like literally Christmas Eve. I'd be like that guy in line at Target. <laughs> what about you? Really? Are you uh, done now? But now but, I'm done. Well, what I do is I try. I, I do a, a big sprint e-commerce shopping, get it all done, making a list, and then then I forget about it. Yeah. And then it gets to be about the you know the twentieth, like it is right now, uh, heading into Christmas, and I got to go boots on the ground, man. I yeah. gotta go. I gotta. I mean, I'm I'm looking for baby Yodas wherever they you know may be. Well, I bought myself another Christmas gift. Speaking of the baby Yoda, I got a, a ticket to see the last. Not not the last Jedi. That was a crappy last movie. Rise of Skywalker tonight. Of- Six thirty. I got one of those theaters too. You can pre-book your seats, and they got the yeah. recliners. A Regal Cinema. Oh wow! Yeah, you are doing it. Doing it right. Doing it. I'll just wait for the uh, for the review from you before I. Uh, you know, get I'm, a ticket. I'm going alone. I, you're too. a tough critic. I'm going alone. Tough critic. I like going to movies alone. Do you? Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> I rarely do it, but when I do, uh, I, I'm like, that was that was really like that was fun. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my family's already in. Uh, they already took away off for the holidays. Oh. So I'm gonna meet them down there. But we had to finish up. I get to, we had to give the people the show. I got to do radio but, this weekend. Today we have a double album of freight, though. So we're a little bit longer episode. You know why? Well, yeah, because we got a lot of content. And we won't be back <laughs> until the 30th, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, double albums are amazing. They're a special thing. Do you have a favorite double album? Uh, Barry Manilow's Christmas. Uh, the Fragile, Nine Inch Nails. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know about that one. I'll have to check that out. I would By the say, way, we got uh, we got the YouTube. We got, uh, and we, I mean, the LinkedIn. I'm yeah. on LinkedIn comments here. Okay, so, guys, yeah. shout out. What are you getting for Christmas? What are you doing this year? More than happy to uh, talk about Let's share this out, too. Here we go. And I will be monitoring the Facebook. Let's hear from you. Dude, is there anything you wouldn't buy online for Christmas? Because there's a story on our site about an emerging trend. And to me, I don't know, a little sacrilege. Well, I would probably purchase just about anything other than a swimming pool, you know, but... um... But right now it's too late. That's the that's the thing. It's not going to come in time. It can't. It's not going to be guaranteed. You know, a swimming pool. Yeah. I, see, they were what saying. What about you? Well, they were saying the emerging trend and the most convenient thing to do is to buy a uh, a Christmas tree online. And to really? me, I'm not a that's fan. An emerging trend. I guess so. I like to go myself and like pick it out and, and look at the uh, you know goose the spruce as they say. <laughs> of course. What about you? So sacrilege. Yeah. 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 Well, right, well, we got a lot, of, a lot of stuff to get to. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, before we do that, before right, we do that. Oh, you're a little discombobulated. Yeah, Yeah, yeah word right, for our sponsor. Ah, a little Christmas music first. <laughs> All right. Oh, there we go. DDCFPO is the number one preferred back office partner for transportation. Want the most robust AI data processing solution available in the market today? Of yeah. course you do. Visit ddcfpo.com or email info at ddcfpo.com and do it now. Especially like you've only got a few days left this year. Only a few days left. All right. Oh, this is a a pretty interesting story. So Hennef Transportation and Superior Bulk Logistics are going to merge. Whoa. Going to merge. JP wrote an article about this back in August. But uh, the planned merger... He was speculating on it. He said, this is definitely going to happen. Yeah, you know, JP. It's just a matter he, of time. He should be a futurist. He should become a certified futurist. How do you become one of those? You uh, you, you take a few courses online, and you can become a, a certified one at the Futurist Institute. Well, okay. So the planned yeah. merger, though, could create the okay. largest tank truck carrier in the U.S., 
Private equity firm Olympus Partners announced it has acquired liquid and dry bulk carrier Superior Bulk Logistics with the intention of combining the company with one of its other portfolio companies, Bulk Liquid Carrier Hennef Transportation. Uh Terms of the transaction, though, not disclosed yet. Hennef was provided capital from Olympus Partners and a group of lenders to fund this purchase. Yeah, SBL operates as two separate companies, Superior Carriers, Inc., uh, which is a liquid and dry bulk carrier with a customer base of International Chemical Manufacturers and Carry Transit, a provider of logistics services for food product companies. SBL also has a subsidiary, Superness Global Solutions, which provides third-party brokerage and global supply chain management services. Hanif's founder and CEO, Bob Hanif, said, we are constantly seeking ways to improve our customer service capabilities. The transaction is a perfect example of how we will continue to invest in the business to ensure we have the resources to become strategic partners with our customers. Mm. FreightWaves reported on the potential for the private private equity-led merger and acquisition activity, as you said, in August. Yeah. Yeah. JP, he's got his eyes, his fingers on the pulse. So the two Oak Brook, Illinois-based carriers will merge into one company at a later date. The merger aims to combine Hennef's 40 locations with 34 superior and 21 carrier facilities to provide service in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico with a combined fleet of 2,100 tractors and 5,000 trailers. The entity will continue to offer transloading, tank washing, intermodal services, Hennef gained expertise in intermodal bulk transport of international organization for standards as the ISO containers through its 2018 acquisition of Miller Transporters and Miller Intermodal Logistics Solutions. Hennef anticipates the combination will produce the industry leader in liquid bulk transportation, food grade transportation, tank cleaning, rail transloading, ISO depot and maintenance services. By the way, Justin McAfee. Justin McAfee wrote in, he said, if you haven't already, I'd love to see a review on the new trending load board, Trucker Path. Now, we haven't, and I haven't used it, but we do have a real live owner-operator who's going to be joining us in the booth later in the show. His truck actually broke down, so we're inviting him in the studio. We'll talk to him for uh, five, actually seven good minutes a little bit later in the show. We'll ask him if he's used that. Yeah, it'll be a happy accident uh, on his part and for us. Uh, Also, another headline, Ohio-based GDS Express abruptly ceases operations. Employees are still uh, still working to get stranded drivers home after fuel cards were shut off just days before Christmas. Former employees of GDS Express of Akron, Ohio, were still on the job early December 20th, working on getting approximately four drivers home after news broke that the carrier was shuttering operations just days before Christmas. A driver who didn't want to be named told Freight Waves today that of the four drivers still on the road, two will make it home today, and the other two currently have enough fuel and money to make it home in the next day or two. Yeah, office and driver pay is going to hit the banks today as well. That's what the GDS driver told Freightways, he said the operations staff is staying in touch with the drivers to ensure that all four drivers make it home safely. The driver said he's been told from GDS management that payroll is being prepared for next week. As of press time, no one seems to know why the company abruptly shut down and stranded some drivers with fuel cards that weren't working a week before Christmas. Mike Cady, the company's director of recruiting, he sent the following message via drivers in cab communication devices on December 17th, according to Trucker News. He wrote, unfortunately... Through mismanagement from ownership, GDS is closing our doors. Wow. Wow. No no punches pulled there. <sighs> They're saying it themselves. Cowbell for honesty. Yeah. This uh, latest shutdown uh, news was announced just under two weeks after Celadon Group announced it was filing for bankruptcy. Of course, the carrier, which had more than 2,500 drivers left, some truckers stranded without fuel in the days leading up to the bankruptcy filing on December 9th. 
This is a, this was a crazy story. Wrestler, rising wrestling star Matt Travis, he was struck and killed by a truck driver. On Tuesday, Luke View, 48, was charged with making an illegal left turn and striking pro wrestler Matt Travis, 25, at the foot of the Willis Avenue Bridge in New York City. View is charged with reckless driving and failure to exercise due care. Light charges compared to the felony of leaving the scene of a failed crash. The charges came with a maximum of only 30 days behind bars, where if it had been charged with the more, it would have been seven years, I yes, believe, right? seven years. Uh, minimum. Incredibly, this is the second time in the past two months that the DNA, that DNA contracting has had a driver fatally hit someone and then flee the scene of a crime. Yeah, that's incredible. It's like a culture there. In the first case, the driver was charged with fleeing the scene. This time, for whatever reason, not. And uh, the DNA contracting owner, Jim Dezal, uh, says he fired View immediately upon learning about the accident and said he will do more to prevent such accidents from happening in the future. Dezal said, unfortunately, we had two events. If I can be in every truck and drive them myself, I would. But the reality of the business is we do our best to hire good guys, good, safe drivers. Yeah. According to Streets Blog, Travis is the 28th cyclist to die on New York streets this year, up from 10 cyclists killed all of last year. The NYPD have not said why they didn't charge View with more with a more serious crime. I mean, maybe they have street cameras or something that is, is showing more to the story than there is, because it, it does seem a little... I don't know, man. Uh, but police issued view a desk appearance ticket. He's due back in court, likely in January, when the Manhattan DA will charge him. Apparently, uh, a lot a lot of times drivers will just say they did not know they yeah. they, they hit this person. That was a pothole. It's very difficult for uh, prosecutors to prove. All right, that's some speculation as to well, why. Uh, Seems a little unjust, but we'll see. It's very unjust. It's incredible. Uh, jury smacks California trucking company with seventy point five million and another nuclear verdict. A yeah. California nuclear jury. times seven point five. Yeah, a nuclear jury awarded a Bakersfield family involved. A California jury. I'm, I'm a sorry. nuclear verdict. That's like a, a jury that's it's never broken. Like there. a nuclear family. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but it's a California jury, and they awarded a Bakersfield specifically family involved in an August 2017 crash with the trucking company more than 70.5 million in damages. Uh, just yesterday, the nuclear verdicts are described as jury awards in which penalties exceed 10 million. If you mm. didn't know that, according to court documents, Tomasa Cuevas and her two children, Alex and Maritza, were traveling to shop for school clothes when a tractor trailer driven by our Mar uh, Marjeet uh, Alak of RAI Transport of Bakersfield, California, allegedly ran a red light and slammed into the family's SUV on August 14, 2017. Well, here's the good news, though. All three survived the crash, but both Thomas Cerveza and Alex Cuevas uh, sustained traumatic brain injuries. So not, you know, but at least they survived. They had facial and skull fractures. Martina, she, was, she who was in the backseat, suffered scratches in the crash. So very fortunate there. According to the Federal Motor Safety Administration's website, Ajit Singh Ray, doing business as Ray Transport, which operated one truck, had its authority revoked on August 10, 2018. Alok, the Ray truck driver, was operating with a suspended commercial driver's license and had been involved in 14 previous crashes, according to the news outlet Bakersfield.com. The law firm Rodriguez & Associates, which represented the Cuevas family, said the $70.5 million verdict is the highest personal injury verdict in Kern County history. Mm. You know what it is time for now? Yeah. Reach out to Donna. Donna Kent. Hello. Hey, Hi, Donna. Hi, Donna. It's What the Truck. It's uh, Dooner here with Chad Prevost. How you doing? Hey, great. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> We're doing good. We're about to spend 
With you. <laughs> Excellent. Looking forward to it. So you are the SVP of Client Experience North America for DDC FPO. What, is, what does that mean? Yes, sir. I am a new addition to the team. Lucky to be able to join the DDC group here in the U.S. So my task uh, as of the end of October is to come on in and help bridge the gap to ensure that as we move forward, um, you know, we're realizing some really exponential growth and, and just make sure that as we move forward, that we continue to put our client experiences, the top of our list and our highest priority while continuing to deliver value through some innovation solutions. Yeah, well, fantastic, Donna. You know, there have been a lot of external forces that had, you know, impacts on decision-making in 2019 mm. to you, which ones were the biggest for transportation? Oh my gosh, it was quite a few. You know, it was certainly a very notable year. Um, a couple that come to the top of mind, you know, we were coming off of 2018 and, you know, it was a drastic change. Back in 2018, I'm sure you guys remember, everyone had more freight than they knew what to do with. Yes. And in 2019, you know, we saw a little bit of a softening in the market. So, you know, all of the carriers were kind of busy trying to figure out how to balance the capacity against the volume. You know, and that would be an ongoing challenge as we move forward. Um, one of the things we also, you know, continue to experience was, you know, effects of this driver shortage that has been ongoing for a couple of years. I think we saw some good strides this year um, in the way that um, companies have become much more driver centric. Uh, they're working to upgrade wages and benefits, you know, and really meet the work life balance requirements of the driver population. So I think we saw some strides there. How do you think these will play out over the next year? Oh, I think it's definitely headed in the right direction. You know, we need to find a way to make these roles more appealing to a younger generation. And I think a lot of time and money and thought is being invested into this area. So better profiling, better benefits, um, you know, making sure that drivers that want to stay local, stay local. Those that love a long haul, you know, get that opportunity as well. So I think we'll see, continue to see some positive change and progress there. Well, for uh, uh, let's say for carriers and 3PLs, like what can they expect uh, as we should, you know, what should we be keeping in mind as we head into the uh, first quarter of 2020? Well, I think there's still a couple of things, you know, we're looking at, you know, exponential growth in the e-commerce market. So I think people are still trying to figure out the best way to handle that. Um, you know, um, the growing strength of Amazon is clearly um, something that, a number of carriers are focused on as Amazon continues to build their own logistics fleet and moves away from some of the carriers. You know, as uh, Richard Greening, my colleague mentioned just a couple of weeks ago on this very show, um, you know, there's definitely been an increase in momentum, you know, to adopt some new technologies. And I think, you know, that's moving forward at record speed, but I think organizations now are not only looking at what technologies they can adopt, but the most practical way to adopt those. You know, they need to make sure that whatever they do moving forward continues to drive customer experience, which will help retention, um, and also look at, you know, cost containment uh, and process efficiencies. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see, you know, a deepening of the usage of big data. You know, everyone utilizing, you know, TMS systems, uh, warehouse management systems, our CRM systems, along with the new technologies that are in development. You know, they'll be able to take that data and, and utilize it and 
analyze it and be able to plan, you know, much more closely going forward. Uh, forecasting will be more accurate. It'll give them, you know, faster alerts to make sure that if something is changing or going wrong, they have an opportunity to fix it. Um, I think our elections coming up this year are going to are proved to be a little yeah. bit interesting in this industry. Yeah. You know, we certainly can to be disruptive. We afford- <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on there. Yeah. I don't know if I want to open that can, but there's just a, a, lot, there's of a lot going in. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, no, we're not going to open that can yeah. on this show. But you know, suffice it to say, it's it's definitely going to have an impact. And you know, along with you know some of the the trade wars that are ongoing. You know, it's just going to be a matter of time you know, as people adapt to that and figure out the best strategy, you know, and then we can't forget our friends in the 3PL market, you know, these 3PL companies are still continuing to experience exponential growth. They're great partners. Um, You know, they're surviving and and thriving because of their ability to adopt new technologies and their willingness to try and, and really focus on that customer experience and make it as innovative and comfortable as possible. I think we've got some cool stuff coming up. Yeah, Donna, sure. thank you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We hope you have a happy holidays. Are you uh, Are you coming in Monday? No, I'm not coming in Monday. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> Fantastic. No, thanks. Th- thank you very it's much. Great to talk to you guys. Thank you. Thank have you, have a great uh, Have a great holiday and a happy new year. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Same to you. Okay, take it easy. Bye. All right. Good insights. Good stuff, yeah. yeah. We get to hear from all corners of the world, but you know, now we get to hear from one of our inside members. It is with Sonars, Tommy Igu. Tommy, Step, welcome. Come on down. Man, you were so festive on that first episode. Was that, was that your first or your second? second your second episode of uh, With Sonar. I'll let you pull up here. I'll give you your little... On the Radar. Presented, presented by, by Sonar. How are you doing, man? Uh-huh. Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited yeah. to be here. You are a Kennesaw, Kennesaw State Owl? Kennesaw, yeah. is that, am I saying that right? Screeching Owls. Yeah. Screeching Owls. Well, Kennesaw, yeah, make, man. Make Kennesaw. the noise. Make the noise. Love the mic. Talking to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Love the mic. I don't know that I can do the Screeching Owl noise. But, okay. Uh, well, what, what, what were the... <laughs> But prior to coming here, you worked for you worked for a smart home company, right? I did. Yeah, we sold um, smart technology for uh, innovating your business or your or your home. Uh, but I've got a little experience in both logistics and SaaS, so FreightWaves is just, just a perfect fit for me. So I'm excited to be here. What What's cool in the smart home space? <laughs> so um, just centralizing all of your your technologies into a centralized location and mm. being able to control like your house. from the smart like, phone, like, like you're having like a brain in the house. Yeah, have, yeah. You have a brain in the home. Yeah. Yeah, right. my brother had one of those, but he could never, like, if one thing went wrong, you had to figure out the entire brain. I'm going to hack your freaking house, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you can try. All right, Tommy, um, what is, uh, so what is with Sonar? There used to be a show called The Night Shift, right? Right. And now it has been uh, set on fire and reborn from reborn. the ashes like a yeah. phoenix. As with Sonar with a hashtag in front of it. Yes, so with Sonar is a show solely dedicated to helping our current customers as well as future customers learn a little bit more about Sonar. We dive deep into specific uh, proprietary indexes that we have that are only available through that platform so that you can use the data to start making better, more informed decisions about your day-to-day operations. And we really try to focus um, from different segments throughout the industry. So it's not just brokerage or trucking, but we'll talk about you know how shippers and even financial institutions can utilize this platform to, to make more just increased performance decisions uh, around the uh, the freight markets. Well, what's what's new with Sonar right now? Yeah. 
So a lot of great things continuing to evolve in Sonar. We had a lot of uh, fantastic um, updates released with our 5.0 launch at uh, FreightWaves Live in Chicago. And so we just covered our predictive rating tool on our last uh, week's episode. And going to take a couple of weeks off for Christmas and the new year. But uh, we'll be back talking about uh, a lot of other new features, one of which we'll be covering is our um, weighted rejection index. Uh, which has been a, a phenomenal way to really see emerging markets and um, focus on how to manage load boards from a brokerage perspective or carrier perspective um, early on in the day so that, you know, we've all ran into that, that situation as, as former brokers uh, like myself where you someone calls in early on during the day on, a, on kind of a hot market and you don't take that high rate early on in the day. Mm-hmm. But Later on, when it's 4 p.m. and it's still on your board, you, you kind of get screwed because that's when you really got to shell it out because you can't yeah. get covered. Yeah. Last date in the bar. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We had a Christmas party last night. Were you the last Speaking man of- standing? No. So I got to, I actually got to bring my wife uh, to, uh, so she, she went home with me. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Well, that's good. That was good. <laughs> that worked. I have that to say, you well. were wearing one heck of an ugly, ugly sweater. Yeah. 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 You're very you're nice it. work. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. He, he tried to pull that joke on everybody. And I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, I might have burned no, no, him no, a little no. bit at one point no, in the like, night. Uh, so, some people um, had, were more ugly than others. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. You weren't even wearing a sweater. You barely I you was didn't even too. Dress I was wearing all. my Titan sweater. Oh, oh you're it right. You're okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I know. Thank you. You think they're going to make the playoffs? No. Playoffs? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, they're still in the running. You think? Where are you for you? So, are you from Tennessee? I am from Tennessee. Well, North Georgia, right across the state line. But I, I claim Chattanooga because I could throw rocks at it from my house. Oh. Up, so. um, you're a Titans fan? I am not a huge NFL guy. I enjoy um, fantasy football and gambling. So I, I could really root for any team. Yeah. What did you ask oh. for for Christmas? Uh, what did I ask for for Christmas? Uh, well, I... Uh, a rate predictor in sonar, right? Rate predictor in sonar. What's good in the rate predictor? So um, it's so right now we're so it's solely focused on van rates, but it's giving you an actual predictive tool for not only just your transactional freight on a day to day, but also it's the first tool that's been able to look ahead weeks, months, and even out to a year in advance to see you know what the market conditions are actually saying that these rates are going to be um, instead of using just uh, your feeling or your sentiment about. Uh, what you think the market rates are based off of historical performance. You can see daily changes, weekly, monthly changes um, that actually a- affect that market and what's going on right now that's uh, that's making the difference. Tommy, how do people tune into Wit Sonar and learn more? So watch us on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, we go live on LinkedIn and Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can also download us on the Oh. Uh, Freight Waves TV yeah. app. On well, download the app. Don't download you. Don't download me. Download the yeah. app, and then you can watch it at any time. Yes. Like, you wouldn't download a car, would you? <laughs> All right. Get out of here, Tommy. Hey, All right. Guys, have a happy holiday. Yes. All right. We talked to someone south of our border here in Tennessee. Now it's time to talk to someone north of the border. Way north. Canadian north. The kind of place you need a passport to get to. Yeah. It's payback time. Talking about stamps and the passport, too. One of the things we're going to talk to him about is he's gone to, like, war zones, man. The Balkans, Kosovo. Get, sit down, sir. Put your headphones on. How you doing? I'm doing all right, guys. It's payback time. Hey. I I would have preferred some rush. Oh, but, uh, okay. Oh, all right. Wow. Uh, he runs a. Tight ship, no, uh, no. asking for a lot. No, we, uh, we 
We, I thought Tayback Time was pretty fun. No, yeah. Tayback Time was yeah. a lot of fun. No, Tayback no, no. Time is uh, is how we bring it to you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving it. All right, so I mentioned you a lot of stamps in the passport, Nate Tayback. You're our north-of-the-border Canadian reporter. You cover a lot of hard-hitting stories out there. But before you did that, you were in Kosovo in the Balkans? I was indeed. Why? What compelled you to go there? Um, it just I have a little bit of heritage in Slovenia, and um, I uh, I had an interest in it, and... Uh, I visited there as a college student, and then decided I wanted to come back and come back there and uh, report and tell. Let's talk a little closer into the and yeah. yeah, and then you did a TED talk talking about uh, so, yeah about how to, uh, telling uh, stories there of sort of talking to people who otherwise don't really you know get heard from, and that's actually it's it's one of the reasons why I really love uh, covering trucking because you get to just you speak to a lot of people out there that just normally they're, they're kind of forgotten about and they have a lot of really interesting things to say. Wow. Speaking what an of, interesting perspective. Yeah. You did a stinky story on cheese, right? About cheese smugglers. Uh, what is the old cheese smuggler? I used to, so when I worked for Ann Daringer, we, we did a lot of border operation stuff, right? And I was in, whenever you go to St. Albans, you'd see a lot of Canadians, like they would, you know, they would look like they're wearing those sumo suits because they would put a lot of clothes on. They would buy clothes, and then they would put their coats and their pants over it, and they would smuggle clothes across the border. But this was a much bigger operation with a lot of holes in it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Swiss cheese. <laughs> yeah, there, there's uh, not Joe cheese, apparently. Uh, just first of all, oh? <laughs> cheese smuggling is a, is a thing in Canada. That's, oh, it's it's a thing, and um, those monsters. It's <laughs> it's a uh, you know um, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what yeah. have you. But it basically comes down to. Dairy products, like a, like a lot of things in Canada, are more expensive. Um, gas too, gas, and they sell by the liter. The liter, Chad. Yeah. Who buys a liter of gas? I uh, I don't know. You do because you got that hybrid car. Gouda with you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a funny thing because you get uh, back in May we had a, a trucker caught uh, coming in from uh, somewhere in, in northern New York into Ontario with about uh, I guess about almost nine thousand pounds of cheese mm. and uh, yeah he was fined thirty thousand dollars and just it's just the bit there's such a huge price differential um, and because you have this, this system um, to basically constrain uh, you know constrain supply keep prices high. Um, but that's changing a little bit. Oh, it is. Yeah, we got. So, so do you? I, I assume you don't like that system. I, I do. I I really like cheese. And oh yeah. I think yeah. A, a lot of people like cheese, and um, that it's. You know, they say if you drink provolone, you might have a problem. Yeah, no, that that is, that is something you <laughs> might, do? might want to see a doctor know. for that. But um, you got a, an agreement with the the EU that's been cut, that's uh, coming into force, bringing in more cheese. And also um, USMCA, mm. more American cheese coming in, and it's a very, it's a very controversial and sensitive issue in Canada because dairy farmers um, they're they're worried about being overrun. What does a cheese smuggler look like? So if Chad, <laughs> like in case Chad and I run into one, do they look like me and they, you? They look like me and you. And oh wow! It's, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a scary thing. It's yeah, a, we're very concerned. So they, about they, they are among us. They are among us. Okay. They what is the um, what is the punishment for smuggling cheese? I mean, low low level, maybe a fine. I yeah. mean, uh, individual people who do it, kind of like what you're talking about, uh, most likely they're they're not going to get into too much trouble. But it's usually a fine. But there are large scale schemes that have uh, resulted in prison time. One involved a cop. You know, it's so it can get pretty serious. Yeah, don't feta your life on it. Exactly. 
<laughs> well, all right. Well, I, you're winning on the, uh, the puns. It, right. it certainly is good to breathe with you. It is. It is. And um, I, I would be a little bit blue if uh, we weren't going to address this topic. So a little blue wow. cheese. A little the, blue. Yeah. Yeah. You have. This has been great. Right. So another a big story. A big speaking in blue. A big story was the the Celadon closure, right? And then their sister company up in Canada is Heinemann. Yeah. Heinemann Transport. What is up with that? Because now you're on that beat, little yeah. Peter Parker. You. Yeah. It, it's it's sort of it's a it's a it's sort of a strange situation right now because um, one of the things we're looking at is uh, Heinemann is not in uh, is not bankrupt in Canada right now, and the implications are, of that um, are actually not so good for any former employees because it makes it harder for them to to basically claim any sort of back pay things like that, and um, oh. it, it's it's not you know it's not clear why, um, but. It, uh, it it's it's as if it, they're they're bankrupt in the U.S. under Chapter Eleven, but in Canada, it's just it hasn't happened yet. Wow, <laughs> and, I'm not sure if I I should be say, like cheering for a bankruptcy. You, or not. If, if no, but uh, if you're working for uh, if you're someone who worked for for a Heinemann, a bankruptcy in Canada is is actually good because uh, former employees actually have a preferential standing. In any uh, bankruptcy proceedings, and there are also federal programs that will compensate people. Um, and so, uh, I was actually just told by a, a, a legal expert in employment law that anyone who worked for them come together, get a lawyer, come together, get a lawyer yeah. right now. Exactly, and it's, it's over just me. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> thank you. And um, what's your dream story? My dream story. Yeah. Um, I, I'd love to get onto the uh, ice road, ice roads. Oh uh, wow, ice yeah. road truckers! Yes, like Yukon territory. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would just I the stories I love is where you just you're there and you get to be there with the people and just sort of experience. You um, want to be in the cab with I, the ice yeah, road? Oh, okay, all right. Um, maybe my wife would wouldn't be that. Yeah, they're in the sleeper. Need some hazard pay. Yeah. yeah, but it's I I just when you're up close and you just. You smell it. You just you feel it. It's just I, it's. I think it's always an absolute gift when you can kind of get into someone else's world and then wow. tell people about it. Well, well, Nate, it's time for you to go on your way. But uh... <laughs> another fun way. way. Yeah. Uh, way uh, All right. Way. All right. But how do people reach out and learn more? Um, well, I'm on Twitter. Yes. Uh, Nate Tayback. We mm-hmm. got a uh, Freight Waves. Uh, any, our, we got our Canada page. Um, yeah, we're we're there. Well, I'm there. Well, right. thank you so yeah, much. Thanks for joining us, man. Not okay. cheesy Merci at all. Cool. Very good easy. stuff. All right, now we have to thank call you. Darren Hansen from JJ Keller and Associates. He's their senior, tra- one of their senior transport safety editors. We're going to learn uh, all about the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, which it turns out, Chad, that's not yeah. like a sweepstakes. You don't get a big check at the end. <laughs> I think you lose your check. Thanks for the clarification. Always. All right, this one has an extension. So, oh, he's, I don't know. Didn't even go Uh-oh. through. <laughs> two eight four eight. Is that right? Nine two zero seven two seven. Oh, I shouldn't say his number out loud. Let's see. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm <laughs> sure that he will be happy to get back with us. Yeah, that's what happens when you when you go live. Technical. The, I don't yeah, know the insights on uh, you know the purposes and uh, the impact of the drug and alcohol clearing uh, clearinghouse, not the sweepstakes. We've learned that much. So, uh, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll follow up with him uh, after we, our, uh, you know, he won't be on the double album of Freight. Well, maybe he will. I, I'm oh, going to I'm gonna hit our producer right now to see if we can get okay. confirmation on there. But, you know, in the meantime, I'm going to pull someone in here really no. quick. No, no, Anthony Smith first. We need Anthony Smith. 
Anthony Smith first. Anthony. You, we Anthony. need you to come in alone. We need you to come in here, here real me. quick. All right, all right. We had, a, we had a call, but it turned out the number was busy. So we need you to tell us what the drug and alcohol clearinghouse is. Are you ready? No. Okay. All right. What can you tell us about? <laughs> <laughs> what is up with Freightonomics? What did you guys talk about this week? We talked about everything. Everything with freight and everything with economics. Yeah. I saw the title was that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Yeah. Zach is trying to pull me into the whole Die Hard Christmas movie debate. Yeah. I'm not falling for it. I've never seen Die Hard. Yeah. I'll admit it. You've never at, seen Die Hard? I've never seen it. I well, saw, I looked at the tonight. cover. Yeah. I, I thought about running. I looked at the cover. I was not interested at all. Okay. So you're not an action adventure type of guy? Horror movies. Oh. Horror, so you're all right. Which one? Like, are you like Scream, sort of like post-slasher? I don't Like old-fashioned slasher? Like 80s-style slasher? I don't like all the gory and stuff. And like, oh. like that's overdone, but more something like... Uh, Ghost movie? A ghost, a good paranormal yeah, Die Hard actually is a legit action adventure movie. Yeah, just, yeah. You know. yeah, But maybe not. A, it takes place during Christmas, but like I don't know, Gremlins Christmas movie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Zach was saying it isn't, but Gizmo was a present on mm. Christmas. How much more premise building do you have to be? I don't know. You're yeah. the you're the story writer. Does Gremlins qualify? Sure. All right. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. What's going on in the world of, uh, of freight? Let's give something something of value. Here. Yeah. So um, one of the things I spoke about today was housing starts, making a comeback. Ooh. Um, What's a housing start for people who don't know? So it's uh, when the home construction is breaking ground. Um, so we're looking at overall U.S. housing starts doing very well now. Yeah, um, it's it's been a while. Chad, I remember you used to talk about it early right. on in the year. Yeah, on freight waves now. With it you. was struggling. Um, but now starting to pick up like five out of the last six months for a single family housing start. So uh, that's picked up a lot at the year end. We're seeing double digit growth. And so that has implications for a flatbed construction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, trailers, but it also has uh, implications for drive in down the line when people are filling up with furniture and appliances and all that good stuff. So do you consider it an early economic indicator? It's somewhat of a it's somewhat of a consistent to leading indicator because a lot of times sometimes there's supply side issues that are not really showing the true demand. Um, okay. But when conditions are good, housing's doing good usually. Mm. That's one of your favorite points to look at in terms of economic health. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, you, you like to look at a lot of indexes, mm -hmm. right? Zach tells you that he doesn't like those because they're he doesn't like feelings. subjective. Yeah, he doesn't like sentiment uh, or consumer confidence. But they do reflect a real reality. What, yes. What's another big indicator that you you like to go? Uh, of course, let, you know I'm going to take it take out the easy one. Okay, it's. Consumer spending, which we're doing a lot of right now, <laughs> oh, right? Yeah, Two yeah. thirds of all of uh, a big part of the economy, the GDP, yeah. is about consumer spending. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's another one? So, without the consumer spending, another good one. I'll give you one on the other side, the manufacturing side. Okay. Non-defense capital goods, new orders, excluding aircrafts. Whoa. So it's a mouthful, but yeah. when you're looking at non-defense capital goods, new orders, it's really going to tell you a lot about business. Uh, Outlook, how how confident they're feeling about investing right now, and what their uh, what their operations are looking like on production coming down the line. Wow, that business is a business that, activity. Now you're that's going deep. Man. Yeah, that's yeah. niche. Yeah, that's, to, uh, to get deep into that, we'll put deep but an accessible way. Yes, to get in that pool, listen to Freightonomics. Anthony Smith, who's sometimes a co-host on Radio Two, every once not in a while. this weekend, but every once in a while. Yeah, uh, and you he, did a we, today's a double album of Freight for Christmas, and you did like a, a two week. You did a back to back. You did yes. a double header. I will cancel my travel plans for you whenever <laughs> there's an opportunity to go on series. <laughs> yes. You're also a road lumber, trucking three to right? five. You're a lumber expert. Lumber, what? You know? Yeah, he does a little bit of lumber. Back in my heyday. Do you yeah, get into it? Do you do immersive like do you find it? Do you like? 
crunch numbers in the middle of the woods. Like I, Arlen <laughs> last night, where he won his numbers man, and he was. It was like the Blair Witch Project. You're talking about horror movies, was, right? It was like horror, yeah, the yeah. Blair Witch Project is the first movie that I saw by myself when my wife was out of town. Mm. That man, what a what a pick! Oh, what an experience! Yeah, yeah. You've been wow! You've been married a long time. <laughs> That's right. That was like yeah. 1999. That's right. That's yeah. the year I was 20 married. 20 years, so 20 year anniversary. Congratulations! Oh, yeah. thank you. All right, man. Yes. So you slacked me this morning, and you said, yes. "Hey, do you have a space on what the truck?" And I was like, "Why? What's going on?" Very special person. What is going on? Your your cousin? His... My cousin's in town. Yeah, uh, he's a driver, so he's in the trenches. Yeah, and it's just crazy because it's like, who would have thought that two kids from Brooklyn would have both ended up in the logistics industry? My dad's from and Brooklyn too. Yeah, yeah. And here we are in Chattanooga. I know, crazy. How do you say Brooklyn? It's a small if you're place from Brooklyn. Uh, How do you say? Yeah, I mean, you might have a guy who'd be like Brooklyn, you know. I I, I try to mask any kind of accent, but I just say Brooklyn. yeah. I just say Brooklyn Bed Stuy. Uh, yeah, most people just break Brooklyn Bed Stuy. I try to Hell's uh, Kitchen mm. Brooklyn <laughs> Brooklyn from I, I don't think it, it holds block. that much weight like anymore. The, you could say the block, the, the, the block, the block. I don't All think right. it holds much weight anymore. There's there's cupcake shops and dog walkers. Yeah, there, so. Brooklyn's right. like a nice little bedroom. Community. Yeah, it is. Right. Set like, your cousins waited a long time. Let's send him in here. All right, he is uh. What is his name? Ryan? Chris. Chris Ryan. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no relation to Kobe. Relation to you. Relation to me. Okay. All right. right, Let's send him on in. Right. Bring in... Uh Mr. Chris Chris Bryant. Come on, man. Hey, what's happening? Jump on in. Throw some cans in. Uh, We heard you had a little bit of a a breakdown. You want to... Here, throw on the headphones, man. And love the mic. Talk into the mic, man. All right, all right. We got me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we hear you loud and clear now, man. All right, dude, so what was happening? You were you're just driving the truck around? and Driving the truck around, and I lost all your pressure, and uh, you locked up on me. Yeah. Where, uh, whereabouts? Uh, I was uh, climbing Mount Eagle. Okay. About oh. 32 pounds of aluminum on my back. Uh, so how how do you do? You, did you have to take the emergency ramp thing, or did you? Well, I just pull- uh, pulled off to the side of the road and, you know, yeah. put my flashes on and called the cavalry. Okay. So what, right now... Like real time, what's happening with your your truck? Is it getting? <laughs> it's getting hooked up again and go to another shop to get it worked on again. And wow! So, yeah. but this is yours, right? You're not yeah. a company driver. You're operator. an OO. Yeah, I gotta absorb all the costs for it. And yeah, how long you been doing it? About seven years. Yeah, has this year been tougher as an independent guy than than last year? We always talk about those conditions. Yeah, uh, I want to say as an independent operator, I want to say my best years was about seventeen and spring of eighteen. Wow. Yeah, and this year. The way freight's been moving, it, it plummeted. You know, yeah. rev- revenue has dramatically gone down. Yeah. Like, what are you getting per mile now? <sighs> Whereas All I was pounds. getting about maybe 260 a mile, 280 a mile. Now it's down to 185, yeah. maybe 210, you know. how do you? So how do you account for stuff like that? Like, I used to be, I used to do... Uh, like blogging and podcasting on the freelance side, and I always had like anxiety because you never knew like if the numbers right, were right. meet at the end of the right. month. And I imagine for you, it can be it can be similar, but like my revenue would never get slashed. Like I would get five hundred dollars for one project, and then it would be like two hundred dollars. Where right. you guys are really susceptible to markets. Well, when you when you gotta face a dramatic change in per mile, you want to either go shorter distances for the same rate, yeah, or get a bigger rate. And go longer distances, so it, it's all a toss up. So if if you can go a longer distance and get a higher rate per mile, then you know you can let up off the pedal and you know decrease your cost on the outbound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you start as an owner operator, or did? Oh you, no. You, okay, so you. 
I kind of uh, segued my way into the, the truck in the industry. I didn't, I didn't even plan on being a truck driver, honestly. So I, I started out as a company driver. I was hauling pallets for about two years. Uh-huh. And yeah. I, then I decided, hey, I want to go out there. And I drove for a company for about a year and a half. And then here I am, a, uh, owner operator. Made a business decision. You know, what we recently, we do a lot of data and analysis. And we, um, we recently released a white paper where the guys, the research team, they really analyzed, do you save money and and really get there in just about the same amount of time if you cut your speed from 75 to 65 miles an hour and and they their conclusion was that yes you will significantly save costs at the bottom line do you experiment with anything like that uh, have you oh, like that type of optimization well yeah to answer that i can attest to both sides of the spectrum yeah oh. so uh speeding Theoretically, in the in the mental, you think you're getting there faster, but if you if you're going about 70, 68 miles an hour, you're gonna get there the same amount of time. I mean, someone has to yeah. significantly be going faster than you to get somewhere faster than you. Right. For yeah. A so long period. Because of time. I, I travel down the road to average. If the speed limit is seventy, I'm going seventy. Right. On cruise control, you save fuel that way, and you got these guys that blow by you going 75, 80, but they get stopped at traffic and you're meeting them right you're right at their back door. Making crazy risky moves to right. just barely get in front of you just, too. Just, just to make 30 seconds of time. Have you any close calls with that? People just like pulling it and you're like, man, that that guy was this close to me just running right over him. Yeah. Just here about two weeks ago, I was in Illinois um, coming down 55, merging on the I-80 and I'm merging onto I-80 and the guy wasn't even paying attention. He's going about 45 miles an hour getting off the highway. So I'm, I'm just like, all you had to do was look ahead and you would have seen yeah. oncoming traffic. But these guys, they, they're running they're running to wait. They hurry up and wait. Who wins that battle, yeah. sedan or semi? All right. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking semi. By the well, way, so it depends you're... on the nuclear verdict later on. Right. <laughs> no, I know I, in, in the nine months I've been here, I've met Anthony. We both started around the same time. I know him really well. And I know if I want Sour Patch Kids, his desk is the place to go. <laughs> right. to Did you have, are you as addicted to Sour Patch Kids as him? No, you got a big I... bag in the truck? No, nah, I try to stay away from candy. I eat a lot of pistachios and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Do you do things like he's got that wrist thing that he does, like to keep his like wrist strong and flexible? Do you do? Oh, like the that crazy yo yo. Yeah, yo yo. Shift gears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, that so, is true. Hey, uh, I believe you have a family too, right? You have right, a couple yeah. kids. Two kids. Yeah. You're you coming back if the truck gets fixed? Are you coming back for home for the holidays? Oh yeah, I'll be home for the holidays. Okay. Definitely. That, that that's not an option. Yeah. So, uh, is money better during that time? Because sometimes I think it might be the company drivers who get the bonuses, but a lot of them are like, no. Like I do road dog trucking, so a lot of drivers call in on Saturdays and they're like, well, it's two thousand dollar bonus, so yeah, I'm working through the holidays. I won't be back right. until next year to see the family. Yeah. Well, so the owner operated thing is everything. Your bonus is what you save. Yeah. So you know, when we don't get the perks of a company driver, so you just have to nest up and treat yourself during the holidays. Mm. Nice. But you know. I'm sure that makes your wife happy to hear. Right. Yeah. Is it hard? I, I assume it's it's tough uh, the, on the road away from your family. Yeah, it's always tough. Yeah. You know, and I try to maximize my profit within a week so I can't be home on the weekends. You know what I mean? Okay. I try not yeah. to stay out too late. Wow. Right. <laughs> right. Well, so, that is that is great, man. Good. What, what's good. your outlook for for next year? Yeah, like what what kind of loads do you want to be pulling? What kind of money do you? I mean, obviously you want to be making that right. 280 again, but right. where where's the money at right now? What kind of loads? It's so it's aluminum now. right now, right? Yeah, yeah, aluminum is aluminum has always been high. You you never really seen aluminum drop. You've seen steel drop, but aluminum stays pretty consistent. Uh machinery starting to climb back up. Yeah. And that that's what I want to stay geared towards. Uh press machines, farm machinery, construction, you know, vehicles, things yeah. of that nature. 
Well, if someone wants to uh, book a load with you, how do they get in touch with your, your trucking company? Oh, they can just contact CNW Trucking and Sons and request me. CNW Trucking and Sons. Yeah. You guys have a website or anything? Oh, uh, yep. All right. Is it cnwtruckingandsons.com? Yep. All right. Perfect stuff. Well, ho- hopefully your truck gets fixed soon enough. If not, you could spend Christmas with with your cousin. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting back on the road. I'll be on the road today. All right. So are you up in Brooklyn? Is that where you live now? No, I live in North Carolina. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. Yep. Well, it's great to have you on. Yeah. We're honored, All right. Chris. I thank you, guys. Yeah, Chris, thank you for coming in. Yes. All right. Nice to meet you in person. Another fantastic dude. That It, it runs in the family. Yep. Yeah. You guys will see yeah. more of me. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, don't be <laughs> a stranger. Okay, man. Anytime he's passing through. Old 75 over there. I wonder if he has the same vertical as uh, as Anthony. I don't know. I've seen a lot of movies that like that's like the the old fashioned premise where like your truck or your car breaks down, you're stuck in a in a one man town, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, end up in a harmony. All right, Emily says that we should. Emily says that we should try the number again. Okay. So Emily Zink said that he may be back at his desk. Let's give this let's give this gentleman Darren Hansen another another try because I do want to hear about this drug and alcohol clearinghouse. Let's see here. No. <laughs> All right. Well, then. first you don't succeed. succeed well, try, try, try again. Don't but, try again. All right. Um, well, try maybe after the next segment. Then. Indeed. Yeah. Okay. Who's up next? We're well, we doing a little earnings I over am under. Supposed to play earnings over under with Kevin King of the Hill. Is he out Where, there? Where's Kevin King of the Hill? Come on, Come on King Kevin of the Hill. Hill. You know, you know what? Like playing <laughs> Kevin Hill in earnings over under is like. Fighting Mike Tyson and punch out? Well, yeah. It's like playing tennis against a wall. Okay. He knows all the answers. All I can do is... Stonewalling you. Mm -hmm. But here, I'm going to do my best. But we'll see. Man, ever since I beat him the first time, he has been like... It's like playing... Tennis against a wall. We promised people we were going to talk about this drug and alcohol clearinghouse, and we just cannot get this guy, Darren Hansen, on the line. Oh, the, the clearinghouse? Yeah, you know anything about that? Uh, I, I know it starts January 1st, maybe? Yeah, uh, 6th, I think. January 6th? I think it's the 6th. It might be the 1st. Yeah, I thought the it was epiphany. the epiphany. That's why I wanted yeah, to talk it, to it him. It starts a, a blank database, and yeah. it gets built over time, so the, the real question I told on, you on every, said, everyone's mind is He said is it was like a quickly. sweepstakes, and you got a big check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's what I thought. At the man? I it's I was I thought I was in the in the uh, you, like, running. So would you get the check if you passed or you failed the whiz quiz? Um, you, you have to pass. You have okay, to pass. yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah. We I, we I should have asked so. him. We should have asked the driver about that if he's uh what what his opinion is on the drug and alcohol clearinghouse. Because yeah. some people say like they don't like the intrusion, but other people say you know it's it's actually good. Any type of disruption like that is because it'll pull a lot of. Bad drivers off oh, the yeah, road, will, and yeah. then it'll constrain capacity, meaning he can get. So he was saying he was at 280 a mile in 2017, and now mm-hmm. he's down to like a buck 80. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's actually good for him to, yeah. to re- restrict capacity, get the bad drivers off the road, and the rates will go up. Right. For yeah. owner operators, there is no driver shortage. Should we try? Should we try Darren one more time? Um, I, um, okay. Uh, she, well, oh, you, no, I don't, okay. It's nice. She'll have. Um, all right, maybe um, I'll have her. I'll ask Emily to connect with him, and if she can get through, let I us wonder know. If and our we viewers will, think we're doing this. We'll try. No, I, we That's want. Like, do you guys want to know about the drug and alcohol clearinghouse, or should we just move on with our lives? Um, we can yeah. always come back to it after I leave. Yeah, or or well, if <laughs> well, we're holding a precious time, Kevin is right. ready to do uh, earnings. Over I, I am. That's what he's here for. That's yeah. you know, earnings over and all right. Okay. So, so. All right. We'll get to that. That's terrific radio. All right. Moving on to the, the next thing. So earnings over under some interesting earnings this week. I try to give you guys a nice mix because we don't have all. Oh, sorry. What are you trying to do? Lear over here? Well, I, I, both of you guys have it up. 
So oh, I, 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 don't know. I have. Oh, he wouldn't know. know it. He doesn't have the answers over there. Oh, no. but you do. Yes. I mean, it's of course, right I in my face. Well, do you guys, I have to have the answers. I, I just, so I'll answers. just sit here and, 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 and look at Chad. All right, so, Chad. So I don't cheat. Chad's the yeah. loser, so Chad will go first. All right, Chad. FedEx, 279 over under earnings per share. Earnings per, this is the game where we, we talk about the estimated earnings per share and how they came out, and we'll break down each one of these just a little bit for you people out there. So, Chad, what do you think? FedEx, 279. Come on. Chad. Under. Come on. Under. Okay. Uh, yeah, under. Definitely. Okay. It was. Yes. It wow. Was. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. God, God. You guys should know that one. It was under yeah, know, 251. Right? Uh, the second quarter, they said, was ugly across the board. Mm-hmm. Revenue came in at $17.3 billion, which was $500 million below the fiscal 2019 first quarter level. Operating income of $684 million was about half a uh, year earlier levels. Uh, or about $300 million less than analysts expected. So not good. FedEx will cut 6 to 8% of its global flight hours. A lot of stuff going on here, man. It's a tough year stuff. for them. They're, even their CFO, Alan B. Graff Jr., he said, we have reached the bottom. Do you think they have? Oh, well, I don't know, but that's a, that, do a lot of CFOs say that during their earnings calls? They're usually like no, market they usually conditions. Say great quarter, yeah, guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Great quarter, guys. Like market, uh, market conditions just led to this. Well, so, so they're saying that they are at their bottom? That's what they're saying, yeah. They said, we've reached the bottom. I'd so I guess that's so. kind of a good thing, though, right? You're like, look, well, all right, yeah, I know it was bad, yeah, but... It we, can't get any worse from here. It, we're, yeah, yeah we're going into rehab. We're taking the supply chain into rehab. and uh, <laughs> You'd win at limbo. Yeah. yeah. So what What do you think, though? So what led to these market conditions? Amazon was a big one, right? Well, Amazon was, and I, I saw a report somewhere where their FedEx's uh, deliver, you know, deliverability rates uh, were down in the 75%. Right, seventy-five percent on-time delivery. I think yeah. that's what it was. Oh, yeah. On-time and delivery that ain't gonna was cut around the seventy. Yeah, so they yeah. pulled. They pulled. Yeah. Am, they, they pulled all uh, Prime shipping with FedEx. Yeah, it'd be ninety-eight uh, or above. But, but what they did that that report also said that that and and UPS was doing better, but they still weren't doing all that that great. I think yeah. they were in the eighties, low low eighty percents, and they're saying they might be struggling with all the order flow coming in from from FedEx. Interesting stuff. Okay, here's the next one. You heard it here? Here's the next one. Navistar International. Navistar International, for people who don't know, is an American holding company, right, that owns and manufactures international brand commercial trucks. I see uh, school buses and commercial buses. Most people would know this one, the workhorse brand chassis, right? Mm -hmm. Kevin Hill, 96 cents. Over. Okay. Under. You are wrong. Navistar International Corp reported it was a dollar two. Navistar International. They have like are they the one that had like a lot of um, recalls? Well, so this is interesting. So this is sometimes people will beat estimates, but it still won't be good for the stock. And I think Navistar was one of those where it was down. So Navistar International Corp reported better than expected earnings for its fourth quarter, but said it is reducing its worldwide workforce ten percent, cutting thirteen hundred jobs. And a federal judge unsealed a six-year-old whistleblower suit against Navistar Defense LLC and Navistar International Corp that seeks at least $1.28 billion in damages over allegedly forging invoices. Remember Celadon? Oh, yeah. Forging invoices oh, yeah. for vehicles and components. Oh, yeah. do you, so do you think this blows up? It could. You know, the, the Celadon, you know, those truck trades where Navistar trucks the yeah. the 2012 max right. maybe yeah the they're thickens I, I i believe so yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were so those were the same trucks that that had the mechanical issues that dropped in value well below book value that got sold in trouble back in 2016 wow yeah 
the model was a 2012. 2012. Right? Yeah. I think it was Max Force or Max Max It was something Max something, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. Exactly Anything with Max, don't believe the hype, right? True. Like True. the Boeing Max, True. yep. Yeah. All right. Um, Maybe so Nike Air Max. I said I'm really mixing it up. Oh. All right. You, you, yeah. Yeah. Nike. <laughs> 58 cents. Over. You didn't even know. You didn't even know it was going to be Nike. You segued me in perfect. I, I know, right? I, All right. I, I so was... 58 cents. And he says over. Under. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. Oh. Oh. 70 cents. There was 70 cents. Over. Wow. They actually, they, okay, so they, their the CEO, Mark Parker, said, I have never been more optimistic about the future of this company, which is, which is kind of, which is kind of funny because he's not going to be the CEO next year. Oh really? Is, 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 is never been more retiring, or they're just transferring leadership over to uh, to another guy, if I understand correctly. But here's what happened, though: great year, sales in North America overall still came up short, but they climbed 5.3 percent globally during the period, reaching 3.98 billion. Analysts were calling for four billion in sales, though. So it's one of those ones that is over, but not maybe enough. But Nike said that they blame tariffs for higher production prices, which cut into that, weighed into profitability. And they said, look, the Jordan brand is now worth a billion dollars. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. And so so they're pulling their, their stock from, from Amazon. Right? Yeah. Oh, really? so, so is it counterfeiting? They, uh, counterfeiting and, um, and, and pricing. Yeah. So, so they're taking more control over their e-commerce channel, yeah. which is feeding into to, to basically their earnings. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Are people getting wise to Amazon? Or are they starting to be like, you know Amazon's what? Amazon's getting some you know problems. What? I, I think they are. I think there, there's some issues, right? Because you're, you're really, Amazon's really competing with their third-party sellers in yeah. a lot of spaces. And it is, uh, it's problematic. What's off knives? A long, they pulled out a long time ago from Amazon because they were like, mm-hmm. you guys are even more demanding than Walmart. And Walmart has some stringent demands oh, yeah. with chargebacks and the way things have to be. And I know Amazon does with labeling, like when you're sending boxes to them, especially for FBA. But it seems like Amazon and people are starting to get wise to this. But they realize that the profitability, like retail is just the Trojan horse selling the goods. The real money is in doing this fulfillment and, and the logistics behind it now and getting more information on people's supply chains and using all yeah. this data and optimizing. And it's, it's amazing how much information they have on, on everybody and me include. And I love yeah, Amazon yeah. as a consumer. I say this every time I love it mm-hmm. as a consumer, but if I was a logistics per- person or doing a 3PL, like I would be, or a shipper, I would be really trepidatious. But at the same time, yeah. they have the Death Star. They're the retail Death Star. If you don't have your stuff in there, if you're Nike. That's true. Like, yeah. I, actually, I have the experience. I was uh, a book publisher for about seven years mm-hmm. And you couldn't not be in Amazon, but you couldn't be in Amazon because they automatically, for every sale that you would make, they took 55% of the profit. Like that right off the bat, you've yeah, got yeah. 55, you've got to ship it there. You've got to produce the product. You, you have to accept returns. Mm-hmm. You're losing money often de- depending on how much it costs you to produce the book. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an insane value proposition, but you don't exist. If you're not on Amazon. That well, I mean, unless exactly you're Nike the, and you have right, a billion-dollar yeah. brand like unless Jordan, people are still going to go to Foot Locker. And the one, yeah. the one good thing about shoes and where shoes can kind of leverage that is people still like to try a shoe on. They do, yes. Yeah. Yes, because you never know what size you are. Yeah. Except me, yeah, I always just wear 11.5, 11 11 oh, If yeah. it doesn't fit like right, I'd just wear like a thicker size. I just don't care. I don't return things ever. I don't either. Yeah, I'm not part I, of that that's, problem. That's the I don't why do that I don't buy either. shoes Yeah, because it's such a hassle. Yeah. 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 Like I just won't like even though like they they make like they all you have to do is bring it back to the post office. I'm like that's just too much. Yeah. That is just <laughs> too much. I know. For, yeah. yeah, for the so, kind of purchases. Oh. So so Jordan's or is a billion dollar brand? Billion dollar brand now. Yeah. He's, he's, I'm wearing 
You know, the thing about Where the, my Jordans. Nice. Oh, you are. The oh, Jordan yeah. brand. Oh, the Jordan ones. He was I didn't always, know you were such a uh, sneakerhead. Uh, not too much. It's, oh. You know, I was 10 years old when these first came out. Yeah, me and too. I always wanted a pair. My parents would never buy me. I was they, in fifth grade, and they yeah. had a, Spike Lee directed the commercials yeah, for the original yeah, ones. Yeah. So about three years ago, I decided I was going to just go out and buy a pair. And they were like $130, $140 at Foot Locker, I remember, in the yeah. Massachusetts area. And in the, in in the 80s, 80s money, that's like yeah. 250 yeah. bucks. so yeah. pretty they're, expensive. And now they're only you know $90 to $120. That's right. not bad. They, they really haven't, a, you know, the, the retail price hasn't. There's just up. some things about like Air, Air, Michael Jordan was just always cool. Like he just well, had yeah, a, he just dominated oh, yeah. natural swagger, but he was like mm-hmm. he was cool. Like LeBron, I think is an overall better uh, overall better player. I what? would I would make that argument. That? Wow, not well, as, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, not as cool. Yeah, I don't know. 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 All right, all right. Here's where Chad loves to go on a date. Darden Restaurants. The Darden family of restaurants <laughs> features some of the most recognizable and successful brands in full-service dining. They got the Olive Garden. They got the Longhorn Steakhouse, where you like to wear a nice uh, three-piece suit, too. Well, they I got think uh, ch- it's actually your, ch- his turn, ch- right? Cheddar Scratch <laughs> Kitchen. The Yard House. The Capitol Grill. Season 52. Bahamas Breeze and Eddie's. $1.07 earnings per share. Under. All right. Oh, what do I do? I'm going to say Under. Why did you? You should have differentiated yourself. They went over twelve. All right, over the last four quarters, the company had surpassed. They've done well because they've, they've surpassed consensus EPS four times. Those unlimited breadsticks. I right? know. Yeah, right. all you can eat buffet was such a disaster. But, I just had to think it was under. But it's a weird space because the stock market doesn't always react to it. Maybe you can tell us why because they. Even though they've beat earnings per share, everyone is like, they're the underdog, right? I guess mm-hmm. they've, they've beat it four times. They underperformed in the market. So the stock isn't reacting to it. It says the problem stems from revenue, though. So mm-hmm. uh, they had $2.056 billion in revenue. is just below analyst estimates of two point zero six oh. So how come those don't match up, though? Why don't the earnings per share estimate match up with the revenue? And how can you beat it, but the other one be off? So, so basically, they've all for the last few years, those big uh, restaurant groups have had flat sales. Yeah, so they're not really growing. They're actually contracting a little bit, and they're trying to do whatever it takes to expand sales again with shifting but demographics. Shifting right? demographics. Uh, so, so that's not really a good story. It's not a great growth story. But financial engineering and cutting costs. And just uh, increasing efficiencies, it gets them under or gets them over their the yeah. earnings per share estimates, and you know the stock rallies a little bit, but it's it's really not uh, a great. I, I won't say it's not a great area to be in, but yeah. it, it, it's not a growth story. Well, if you that. notice, I listed uh, I listed more than half a dozen restaurants. There is there a reason why. A lot of these things you mentioned, restaurant groups, they, they sort of act like almost stock portfolios, but for restaurants, is that to mitigate risk? And, and if so, does that kind of limit the, the, the capital you can make because you're, you're kind of hedging? Yeah, you, you're kind of hedging. You, you are, um, uh, you know, what's it called? I can't even remember the, the, the name of it. You, you're, you're basically eliminating same store sales because you're, you're, you have maybe three restaurants on the, on the same block. Oh, like cluster building like like uh yeah, closer, mat- like the yeah, mattress yeah. uh like sli- the, uh, yeah. what is it the mattress sleepies yeah, or, yeah sleepies. Mattress uh, cannibalizing. that's it cannibalizing yeah. your own cells i can't believe i can't remember that yeah cannibalizing did, your own I, I, did, nice. I guess so it but there's only so many restaurants you can build 
Yeah. You know, there's just so many restaurants you can build and, and keep attracting uh, younger people. I hate chain or, restaurants, you know? too. They are, I, like, I, I, I'm I just not a fan. I do, too. And, kind of and all other demographics are, are really getting up in the years. Yeah. You know, like Chad's age. Right. No, yeah. I am not a boomer. Those boomers. Okay, boomers, yeah. right? Gen X just They're, doesn't exist. They was just like I know, a race Everybody off the map. Looks, yeah. looks over us of um, us Gen, gen, gen right. Xers. This one's You're a Gen Xer. All right. I am, yes. Here's yeah. an interesting story. Rite Aid. Rite Aid. Three cents. Three cents? Yeah. I think it's your turn. Uh, They've been struggling for a long time. Uh, three cents a share is pretty... Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty struggling. <laughs> <laughs> like penny stock action. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, well, it's at least a negative. You know, some uh, of these tech, tech companies, are starting, you're starting to see negative like returns. Oh, well, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll take a risk here. Over. Okay. Uh, I... I'll, I'll go under, even yeah. though it's, it's tough to, to, to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. wow. Yeah. It was over 54 cents. They've, uh, they've really? massively rebound, rebounded. So shares of the retail brand are up 42.5%, and we're nearing $12 as of press time. The stock is on pace for its largest surge since October 2015, when it rose 42.6%. But guess that in December of 2015, the stock was worth $177.60. This year it hit as low as five dollars and four cents. Right now it's fourteen fifty. So if you did buy though, you know, I think you could do you think you can go long on, on a little right aid stock now? We're not giving stock advice. It's not financial no, advice. I, but I, I would have liked it better at five dollars than then, fourteen dollars. Yeah, but exactly. I, you know what? I don't really know too much. I, it's been forever since I've even been in a right aid. Yeah. So I don't They're more in the Northeast. And, They're still up there. Yeah. So I don't know what the struggles right have here been. In Chattanooga. Oh, okay. Do we? Yeah, we have a couple. They're yeah. always a little outdated. They're always a little bit behind, like the CVSs and the yeah, Walgreens are, yeah. of the world. But if, for some reason, I liked them for that very nostalgic factor. Yeah, I, yeah. I could never find anything. Get like a soda fountain, <laughs> like, a, like a five and dime. I, like the the smell yeah. it, reminds like, you of your childhood during the Roaring Twenties, <laughs> <laughs> where I would get you know Jolly Jolly Ranchers. Oh, yeah. Uh, you ever uh, shoplift? Uh, oh yeah, you said you took some wacky packs. You ever shoplift? You ever get busted for shoplifting? Oh no. Oh, no. I did when I was ten. I stole like one like a fake finger you could put. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From the store called the Crest in uh, Needham, uh, Massachusetts. It's now a bank. They're, they're out of business. Finger? That's why I'm revealing this this information. Uh, uh, one time, my sister, when my sister was a kid, she stole some chiclets from the grocery store, and um, in Weymouth, Massachusetts. And my mom told her that the police were looking for her, and like until <laughs> she was like an adult, she still thought like she was she was wanted. You know what we did do that wasn't good was we would reach up into those like machines. Oh yeah, and 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 get oh, yeah. football helmets out of them. Yeah, yeah. And oh, like yeah. kind of break break the, the the case so you could get the football helmet out. Yeah, well that's theft. We, we did do that. That is definitely yeah. theft. I'm I'm admitting to it. Yeah, I mean uh, petty. When they were, when I they forgot were about this because I wanted helmet. the whole collection, you know, and I couldn't. Yeah. The Oakland Raiders kept eluding me. All right, now you guys right. did uh, before you go before you kick out. You guys did a bunch of great quarter guys recently. You guys are just we did pumping those out like crazy. I think uh, we're on episode eight. You have a special holiday one coming out, I believe Monday, right? Monday, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. so guys, stay so, tuned so, for. And we're gonna go over AutoZone. 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 Step in the zone. Get in the go zone. through kind kind of their their earnings results. You know the whole space between um, them and O'Reilly's and Advanced, and uh, kind of dive into the, their supply chain and their transportation. That's the thing these guys yep. do. So if you haven't checked out their show yet, great quarter guys, really good show, fastest rising show on the Freightcast Network. So you can subscribe to Freightcast. You get all of our shows, including this one, but you'd also get his. You get Freightnomics. Anthony was in here. All the shows within the network, but you can also just subscribe to Great Quarter Guys. Again, it's all free. It's all on Apple Podcasts. But now it's a TV show. You guys, I think this is your third episode. So it's also yes. a third episode that's been a, a video show also like this. That, that is correct. Yeah. yeah. So in, you the, go, in, in the booth right here. So just like this, you can go and get the Freightwaves TV app or you can go on our YouTube, Fre Freightwaves YouTube, Freightwaves uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. You can watch along during that time. You guys are usually live at... 
two o'clock on Mondays. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two yeah. o'clock on Mondays. And well, this one, because of the holiday week, it is, it is a pre-record. It is. Yeah, so it is if you week. post comments, they won't reply. But you, when they do go live, do post comments like they do. You guys are pretty interactive with your people, oh, too, definitely. right? Yep, okay. Definitely. Good stuff. Thanks you for bet. joining us, Kevin. Thanks, Thanks Merry Kevin. Christmas, man. Happy holidays. It was holidays. great to be in the Happy zone holidays. with you. You going back to Oklahoma? I am, yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you think I psyched him out when I uh, said that it playing him is like going against the wall? Yeah, you kind of jinxed him a little bit. I, I think I did. Do we have, uh, where's, uh, yeah. where's Phil Moody? Phil and Moody. Phil Moody to the booth. Hey, Phil what's up? Moody. With Moody. Phil. Moody. All right, Phil, you know why you're here, though? It's time to get to work, Chad. You gotta get that job. It's time to get that money. Gotta get that job. Time to get to work, Chad. Gotta get that job. Gotta get that money. Gotta get that job. Boom. I think this is the first time you've been on as a chief of staff. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, you, you like big-timed us once you got uh, you got that promotion. Well, I'm more of a behind-the-camera kind yeah. of guy, you know? Well, I doubt that. You're, the, He's you a stage performer. The face yeah, I radio. know. You, you're, you're a stage performer, right? You play yeah, keyboards. I do. What is the keyboard to get this holiday season? Uh, I'm always a Yamaha or Rhodes guy. Yeah. You can't go wrong with those. But you have a Nord lead too, right? I got a Nord too. Yeah. Depending on what you're looking for, like a pure piano, more of a synthesizer, organ sound. What do you think about Moogs? I've yet to play a Moog. They look neat. I want to get a Moog. Yeah. American made, little overpriced, but yeah. I want to get, I just got a Deluge. A Deluge? Deluge. They're made in New Zealand, little boutique. Yeah. Synth place. Very affordable synth. Really cool. That's well, right. Imported well, fine keyboards. The, the problem with the, the the Nords and the Moogs, though, is that you have to be going for a specific sound because yeah, they're not they're that. not polyphonic. You have to you have to you're kind of stuck into whatever sound there is. But if you like layer them up, with you got the oh, yeah. curse wall underneath. See, I'm such a purist, though. Like yeah. I like a classic piano sound. Oh yeah, you right. can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I I like the actual like strings. You ever play a grand uh, piano? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got one at home. Well, yeah. my parents' home. Good stuff. Yeah. So, Phil, we put FreightWaves.careers. You guys out there, this isn't just FreightWaves jobs, but 3.5% unemployment. But we've there's also been a bunch of shutdowns. There's Celadon. We talked about this company that got a nuclear verdict. Those people are probably going to be on the streets. GDS, you know. Um, yep. Navistar has a $1.9 billion judgment coming against them. But, like, let's say, so 3.5% unemployment. A lot of companies have done their budgets. They've made some cuts. So some people may be on the streets now looking for jobs. But that also means that there's a ton of companies that say, okay, we freed up X amount of money to hire people. Mm-hmm. Good market to do it. A lot of people, especially in this business, they stay in the same job for ten years, fifteen years. Mm-hmm. You know, making that one point five percent incremental raise. You know, you're <laughs> you're undervaluing yourself in the market. So go out there, go get that money, get them jobs. Go to freightwaves.careers, and what are they going to find when they go there? So they've got over the last two weeks. Obviously, we threw this up really quick. We've yeah. been bouncing around the idea for the last few months, and you know, we get the news about Celadon. Over 3,000 people suddenly overnight without their jobs. So Craig gives us the directive at 8 a.m. Monday morning to, to build this, and we have it up by the end of the day. I mean, everybody just And it was populated immediately. Immediately. I think we had about almost 500 jobs posted in the first 24 hours. Do you know, do you know what the status is right now? How many? Right now have? we're at over 1,300 jobs. Wow. Uh, we have almost 500 unique employers okay. listed. Wow. And we've had over 200 applications submitted. So it's well, just, so it's, it's happening, non-stop. and it's yeah. a free job board, right? So yeah, anybody can go in there and post jobs. You can apply for free. Uh, they have everything from dispatchers and drivers to executive level 
uh, positions at trucking companies. So I'm glad we did this because, like, the first story I covered here was the Falcon story, and a lot of yeah, right. when these things happen, trucking is such a a unique and great place in that people always, and I know because there's shortages and they want recruiters and stuff, but people always run to the aid and they, and it might be offering rides without any ulterior motive to a bunch of recruiters coming out of the woodwork. But when we did Falcon, a bunch of people reached out to me on LinkedIn. And they're like, can you tell people about this job, that job, this mm-hmm. job, it becomes overwhelming. So now we have a job where we have one place to direct the people to and one place to direct the companies to free board. Just go on there. It's a freight waves, public service. Exactly. Exactly. It's like we can do a little something about it and not just report on it. Exactly. I mean, we have a platform here at Freightways. We have a responsibility. Yeah. To we do got a microphone. We'll turn that so, volume up. It, you know, if you don't do something like this in these trying times, I mean, it's right before Christmas and yeah. 3,000 people find out overnight they have no health insurance. They have no family income. Um you know, yeah. we'd be remiss not to try and do something. And, and even moving forward, even in, in good times, this is a, a job board is a chance for opportunity. So mm-hmm. there's no better time to look for a new job than when you have a job. That's right. That's even better than when you lose the job. When you have a job, let's say you've been sitting there, you've been doing entries for 10 years straight, you know, getting arthritis, mm-hmm. you know, tabbing through the keys, <laughs> doing those 3461s, you know, booking freight. You're done. Yeah, you just got to go somewhere else. You need like something new. Even if you're doing the same job, you just need a different logo on you. Yeah. You know, you, you want to get your value. You lane from Dallas to Wisconsin so many yeah. times in a week. Now you want to do Seattle to LA. Yeah, change it up. <laughs> just change it up a little bit. <laughs> go on the board though. See what, see what the market's paying now. It's probably paying better than when you got your job It's before. a good time to go looking for it jobs. It is. It really is. I mean, like you said, the economy is doing great. We um, might be slowing down a little bit, but there's low unemployment. Yeah. This is the time to go see. Maybe I could get a better job out there, pays a little bit more, maybe better benefits. Maybe. Um, you never know until you look. Yeah, your next great adventure starts today. That's FreightWaves.Careers. That's right. Phil, anything else? Uh, what do we got to look forward to? Any, uh, any, any, what's going on in 2020? Uh, in 2020, we're going to, you know, we got a big year ahead of us. Yeah. I can't tell you everything, though. We no. Keep some, oh, some cards playing close to the chest. Yeah. There's going to be an exciting air cargo thing going on. You know, yeah, there's, there'll be events leading up you to. Know, we're increasingly going global, yeah. multimodal. We got our first event in Toronto. Yeah, I'm uh, excited that's our about first that. International event next September. That means a lot of our freight waivers have to get our passports uh, right. renewed or, right. or up to date. Do you speaking of freight waves passport? Have yeah. y'all talked about freight waves passport. Tell us here? about it. Freight waves passport is your guide to continuing education. So, <laughs> that sounds that's, like that's, that's our a good slogan. Pitch. That's yeah, the yeah. Beginning. Yeah, it's so, a great uh, value. You want to give them an overview? Of, yeah, like, it's, like it's something we've just rolled out recently. We're really excited about it. Uh, we're going to have in-depth research from the likes of John Paul and Kevin Hill's team, who is just in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll get access to some really deep analytics of the industry. You'll also get, for each passport, you get two uh, tickets to our events each year. So wow. one, one to Freight Waves Live Spring and one to Freight Waves Live in the fall. That's a free ticket with your passport membership. Then we're just going to keep growing from there, coming up with new ideas. Um, so who knows where we'll be in six months? Like anything else here at Freight Waves. Yeah, don't it don't miss it. Stay, stay yes. hardworking. Yeah. Phil, what are you doing for the holidays, brother? Man, I'm heading up to Nashville uh, huh? next week. Music City. See the family. Yeah. And then for New Year's, I'm going to head up to New York City, baby. Did you grow up in Nashville? I did not. I okay. grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh yeah, I think you've told me that before. Yeah, yeah. and I was wondering, you're like, the Yankee, and I'm the yeah, yeah, I'm I know. Chief redneck southern i don't see like i don't really think that way it's only like i remember when the first time i'd ever heard someone call me like a yankee was uh when we were vacationing in south carolina and yeah. like i because up north we don't really have a complex about like i guess because we won we won that war so we don't have like the <laughs> complex that maybe some periodic complex yeah i guess so i don't yeah. know um unfortunately a lot of southerners still haven't gotten over that 
Oh, yeah, I wasn't alive at the time, yeah. so I don't really. It's yeah, time. some it's some some think the that the South will rise again. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I actually had high school teachers drill that into us in high school. Really? Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's indoctrinated. Gonna, gonna happen. Okay. Gonna some people say, well, you know, it was really about states' rights, but states' rights to do what? All right. right? I, you know, let's yeah. not go down this pathway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, and, well, and places yeah. like Tennessee actually were divided within themselves. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. 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 All right. A little history lesson. Well, Phil, um, yeah. Phil you. you got any? Uh, you got any gigs, man? Not until February. Okay. I'll be jamming right. around in my apartment though, so come on in. All right, dude. Sounds good, man. Right. Thanks. Thank y'all for having what are you me. Drinking there, by the way. A little black tea. Oh, good. Yeah, good on the throat. You had to make sure you were smooth when you came in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Keep the energy up. Yeah. Take it easy. Thanks, hey, y'all Phil. have a great holiday. Great to you have as well. Me on. All right. So supposedly now we can call this guy about the drug and alcohol clearinghouse. <laughs> so it said, let's we will try one more time to get in touch with our man on the beat, our man on the street, Darren Hansen. <laughs> this is the right number. <laughs> wow. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. Hold on, I know. Just bear with me here. Bear, maybe that was the wrong number, so I'm going to try so it one the, more um, time. Nine the, two. All right, let me not read it out loud. Uh, the passport program, by the way, you can find it on FreightWaves.com/slash/passport, and uh, yeah, so like some really good value there. Check. Thank it out. you for calling JJ Keller and Associates. This call may be monitored or recorded for quality assurance. If you know your party's extension, press 1 and then enter the extension number. Please enter your party's extension number now. It's really happening, guys. Making for some great radio. All right, let's see here. Talk about that drug and alcohol clearinghouse with Darren Hansen from J.J. Keller. J.J. So- Keller, this is Darren. Hey, Darren, we, uh, we've been trying to get in touch with you. We We're broke glad through. We, could, we, we got through the line. Yeah. <laughs> Finally worked. I don't know what's going on here. I think Friday the 13th caught up with me. Oh, it's all good, man. Today's, today's the 20th, though. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, you're a week late. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I get it now. The Spectre, the ghost yeah. of Friday the 13th. Uh, so you, right. you're a senior transport safety editor with J.J. Keller? Right, right. Yep. I've been here uh, 23 years. That's what makes me senior. Oh, wow. That's some tenure. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so Darren, you, uh, you know, can't... Tell everybody what the drug and alcohol clearinghouse is. Is is it a sweepstake or? Yeah, what, Chad, I thought you got a big check if you want. What's going on? Like, uh, what what is it, and what what's it supposed to accomplish? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, yeah, not too many people are going to be winning anything from it, other yeah. than just keeping drivers off the road if they've been using drugs or alcohol, um, which is a is certainly a win for some. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's the idea is that it's going to keep drivers off the road. It keeps them from, especially from being able to hide any drug or alcohol violations that they've had from other employers. So, uh, and this is only for CDL truck drivers operating, truck and bus drivers uh, who are subject to DOT testing. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to basically prevent them from driving uh, if, once they've had a violation. And even that would uh, continue to be the case, even if they switch employers or get a new license or, you know, try to hide that violation somehow and keep driving. Hey, we're uh, running up on the deadline, right, of, of January 6th. So what do drivers yeah, need to do 6th. beforehand? Yep. Yeah, so drivers, um, maybe nothing uh, other than just learning about it. And, you know, employers have to basically let them know, uh, what's going to be reported about them into the clearinghouse should they ever have a violation. Um, they, you know, we're recommending that they register for the clearinghouse and they, they may need to eventually, but it's not a requirement. 
Um, if you don't have any violations and if you don't seek other employment, you could get by without registering. But um, uh, you, you may want to register. One reason for that would be that uh, you can give the DOT your email address uh, because otherwise they're going to be relying on uh, U.S. mail to contact you if there's anything that shows up in the clearinghouse. So um, that could take, you know, a number of days. And in that time, you know, your, your company might pull you off the road if, you, if you've had a violation pop up in there. So, well, if you're an owner-operator, um, you could be out on the road. You might not going to get this mail for, it could be a long time before you get to your mailbox. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I've, I've, I still talk to people who they say their, their drivers don't even have computers. They don't get to a computer for, you know, a week or two at a time. And, uh, yeah, so that could be a problem. Um, well, so, yeah. uh, so that'd be a good reason to register is just to give them some good contact information where they can reach you if, if anything pops up in there. Well, you know, with like unemployment as low as it is with the driver shortage for carriers, uh, such as it seems to be in, in, to them, like they, you know, I've even been hearing that like, like standards are getting looser for, for hiring. I, uh, of course it is hard to find a qualified driver, but do, do, do carriers, do they need to update their drug and alcohol policies? Uh, and I, obviously I think they should be training their drivers as well, right? Yeah, just like I said, let, let drivers know, you know, what's going to be reported into the clearinghouse, kind of how it works, um, maybe encourage them to register for it as, you know, as soon as they can. Um, some companies are bringing all their drivers in and having them register, you know, when they do their safety meeting or something. Um, and then the, yeah, as far as a policy, if the company, you know, it depends on what the, co- the policy looks like at a company, but they should definitely review it and see if it needs updating. Um, and then the required educational materials that you have to give drivers, that has to be updated as well. And that would especially be the case for anyone hired after January 6th. You've got to give them that new educational information. What is, uh, what's considered a, a violation? Well, it's uh, quite a few things. So it's uh, really anything that violates uh, Part 382 in the regulations, uh, which would be you know, drug use, alcohol use, uh, alcohol use within four hours of, of going on duty or during uh, while you're working during the day, um, uh, t- drinking alcohol after an accident before you get your post-accident test done. Um, also, even a DUI, uh, DUI in a commercial vehicle, uh, would get reported into the clearinghouse even before um, you're convicted or even if it doesn't result in conviction. Um, um, so basically anything that would violate the DOT testing rules would get in there. And, how you know, we've we've been covering for uh, a good while the the controversial hair testing policy. Uh, is what, What's yeah. the latest on, on hair testing? It's, it's obviously a lot more accurate. Uh, is that the way that it would be conducted or is it still through uh, urine? Yeah, urine is the way they're going for now. Um, there, yeah, definitely things happening with hair testing and saliva testing. Saliva testing for uh-huh. drugs um, is are both kind of in the pipeline. And right now, I think the hair testing standards are sitting at the White House uh, Office of Management and Budget, waiting for approval. They've been there for a long time. I'm not sure what the holdup is there, uh, but there is a, it hit a snag for a while. Uh, but that that looks like it will eventually get through and find its way into the DOT testing rules. It's going to take a while yet, but uh, I think that'll eventually happen. We've heard some crazy numbers on, on how many drivers could be affected and pulled off the road by this. Do you think those are exaggerated or inflated? Like, cause we were hearing like a hundred thousand according to one study. And uh, I mean, that seems, uh, that seems like quite a swath. 
Yeah, that does seem pretty high. Uh, you know, the, even just looking at estimates of how many drivers are currently, you know, have drugs in their system, I, I, the estimates vary quite wildly from, I've seen, you know, like half a percent all the way up to 9%. Um, so, I, you know, the DOT looks, their numbers show about 1% or just under 1%. Um, and then, you know, a, a lot of those drivers still won't be affected by this depending on, you know, the timing of it. But, um, yeah, so I, I think there, there have been some inflated numbers out there, but it's, it definitely is going to affect a, a chunk of drivers. So the numbers that you're giving, though, it seems like this is not really going to, in reality, in application, it's not going to have a, a massive effect on the driver pool or on capacity. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, you know, it, it's really going to impact those who are trying to hide a violation and, you know, maybe jumping from employer to employer. Um, so those folks would be impacted. And what they'd have to do is, is go through treatment and, and finish their treatment program in order to get back to driving. And so they can certainly get back to driving. It's just a matter of, of catching them and getting them out of the system for a while and, and getting them treatment. My understanding is that it might be a little bit more apocalyptic with these estimates if it were hair testing because it just doesn't yeah. miss. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And that's where I've seen that, that like 9% figure, like they, you know, pretty high number of drivers are, they pass the urine test, but they do fail, fail the uh, hair test when it's, it's done as a non DOT test, obviously. Um, and so, yeah, I think that would, uh, so eventually when we do get hair testing, this may have a larger impact. You mentioned that they'd have to go. So is rehab a component of this and, and who pays for that? Do, do the, does the carrier have to pay for that? Does the driver have to pay out of pocket? What kind of support system is there for, for violators? Yeah, and I should say that no, there has been no change to the testing rules and the, the rehab rules. So nothing, nothing along those uh, with those things has changed. But um, basically, the process is that once you fail a test, you are uh, basically the, the the company has to give you a list of uh, you know uh, SAPs, uh, substance abuse professionals, and uh, then they leave it up to you, or they can leave it up to you to go get go through treatment, uh, whatever treatment plan is recommended, and then you'd have to pass a return to duty test before you can go back to driving. Um, and some, you know, some companies are willing to keep drivers on and pay for that. Others just say, you know, here's a list of people you can see and, and see you later. Uh, so it's, uh, it can be across the board. Well, Darren, uh, it's been great talking with you. Thanks for your spe specialization. If they yeah. want to get in touch with you, to, if they have further questions. Continue well, the conversation. What is the best way? Yeah, uh, well, uh, I'd say go to jjkeller.com, and we've got a variety of ways to contact us there. There's phone numbers, uh, social media, different ways to get in touch with us. Well, thank you. This is an important issue. I'm glad we were, we were able to pull you up, and uh, have a happy holidays. Take it easy. Thanks, yeah, Darren. Same to you guys. Thanks. Bye. Well, that was nice. I'm glad we got through him because a big, important topic. Uh, a lot of people yes. affected by drug and alcohol. It's a little disappointing that there isn't a supported rehab component. I'm not going to get on my soapbox about that, but I, you know, it seems like that should be hopefully the 2020s take mental health and addiction into greater consideration. I agree. Yes. All right, man. Now it's time to hear back from you guys, the listeners, the readers of freightwaves.com. So post your comments. Now we're also going to read comments from freightwaves.com. All right.
Hey, man. All right. Number one here. This is from the article, New Jersey's owner-operator law in limbo for now, but risk remains. This is about the New Jersey bill that would block trucking and other industries from using independent contractors. It stalled out with the state legislature not scheduled to take up vote on the issue, though, through its current session. And here's George. He said... LOL, who gives a crap about New Jersey or California? I suggest drivers stay out 100%. These idiots deserve the government they voted for. It's up to the citizens to vote out the morons or pay the consequences. Hi, we coats for everything that's brought in. I'm sure the unions are 100% behind this. What does that even mean? Hi, we coats. I don't know. Hi, we coats. Stephen Webster says about the same article if this law don't go through something else has to happen in the new year i was in new york city shelter a month ago and also talked to some port truck leased ops from new jersey and these drivers have no protection when they get hurt or sick or cheated by bad trucking companies the cost of the taxpayer is too high and these drivers families yeah what do you think about that one i think (laughs) that you know he's got a point yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's uh, that's New Jersey's version. I think it's a little bit similar to AB5. Yep. Some people want to see it come into place. They don't like the independent contractor model where other people see it as, as an apocalypse. It's funny seeing the two takes, though, because it seems like the West Coast take is like it, it sees almost AB5 is this terrible thing. But then the, the Northeast drivers are like, it's going to get rid of. It seems there's like a foreign component. They think there's a lot of foreign drivers illegally being used to move freight that's really cutting into their market prices. Yeah. Or he'll just jump in. And fill the role as not as qualified as of a driver. Emily Zink says, hi, guys. Hi, Emily. How are you? All right. So, Celadon Shutdown was a product of two freight recessions. Recessions? Recessions. This is from uh, Zach Strickland, wrote this, the Sultan of Sonar. And it is uh, Paul Wienick. He writes, how about all the fraud and corruption they had in their upper management? They had a man named Danny Williams who increased the number of vehicles for the owner-operator lease program 15 times What? It was in under 18 months? These trucks were acquired from other companies, but were suck junk. None would lease them. Others in senior management helped hide these dead assets from investors and overstated their values on the uh, accounting records. Mr. Williams was convicted for this several months back. This was when all the upper-level corruption started to be exposed. Competition didn't kill Celadon. Incompetence and corruption did. You know what? I, I think we all agree that corruption was a big point, but... One of the things that was that I think Zach was pointing out was that beyond cor- corruption, there was a bunch of market conditions that helped also KO them. Yeah, uh, he pointed out we had him on, uh, I think, Monday talking about the volatility uh, in those recessions. What you, If you have a big year and then you go into a leaner year and that is not uh, as good, difficult con- operating conditions. Mike says, we need some standards in this industry. The first thing that can be done is to stop handing out operating authority to everyone and his brother. Sucking air through one's pinhole is not a standard. We can also start by enforcing these contract laws. These outfits pop up every day, mainly ran from places like Bosnia, Macedonia, Russia, India, etc. They obtain authority, run the entire show from overseas via the internet, and lay all of the expenses on the driver via 1099, and you all wonder Hmm. why the freight is so cheap. Yeah. These folks can afford to haul it as they have no skin in the game. As far as Celadon, why was the company fined 42 or so million dollars? Why not arrest the perps and find them? 
The company, from the guy cleaning the toilets to the drivers or dispatch, had nothing to do with these individuals cooking the books. So instead of going after the real bad guys and nailing them to the cross, the entire company is punished and eventually run out of business. Mm. And you cannot tell me these fines and attorney fees were not a huge part of their demise. I could keep going, but my blood pressure is boiling. Rant off. The last real trucker, he writes... Mike, you are my long-lost brother. You hit it on the head about those little crap-butt companies in Illinois that popped up. I call them Volvo Vinny Illinois idiots. And yes, they are the reason for rates going down. Because the stupid-butt brokers figured out they will run freight for 64 CPM. Maybe after Tuesday and that final mandate kicks in with the ELD, we'll see these crap-butt places go away. And maybe that freight will pick up, Mike. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, Stephen Webster says... If there was a shortage of trucks and truck truck drivers, rates would not be low. A company I know is bringing their trucks back from the U.S. empty almost 40% of the time because they will come back empty before taking a return load at less than $1.45 U.S. or $1.91 CD per mile. Yet... Certain shippers complain about a shortage of reefers. The only way rates will go up is when we lower the supply of truck capacity. Mm-hmm. Here's one. Supply this is demand. Yeah. Here's from the article, The Global Trans Mafia. Where are they now? And then there was a little turf war going on in the comment section. Oh, yeah. Uh, there, uh, there is one commentator who comments quite often on FreightWaves.com, writing very long, very long posts multiple times. And uh, a few people, I guess, took umbrage with them. One of them was Dave, and he wrote, Noble One, please stop with the novel size post. Just post your comment or opinion briefly. It's bad manners to post messages the size of the Bible, in my very humble opinion. And Noble One got a response, and he said, Dave, who are you to dictate the amount of words I can write? I'm Dave. Where does it state... That to write X amount of words in a comment is unethical. What, what does a religious storybook have anything to do with the length of my Wait, can comments? can you read this in your professor voice? Um, what oh, does? Yes. Uh, let's go. Nobody forces nor obligates you to read my comments. Therefore, I will respectfully decline your unethical attempt to dictate the amount of words I may use in a comment. I thank you for your support in respecting everyone's liberty to express themselves and not to judge the length of the comment, but rather by its content. Have a great day, in my humble opinion. Yeah, he's always always having sharing his humble opinion with with everybody. All right. I am H.O. Yeah, so the very time show, this one's gone long, but there was a, there's one story, and this is sort of a public service announcement for parents. This one caught our eye. To conclude it, our double album of Freight, of this is one for you guys to take home with you when you're, when you're unwrapping your boxes. You know, this is like the new razor blades in the candy. Wow. This is like that Saturday Night Light sketch where the, the dangerous toys, and one of them was a bag of glass. This was a CNN report on Amazon fake kids products. That could be putting your child's life in danger, Chad. Wow. This was an investigative report by CNN has revealed the troubling reality and growing problem of counterfeit products sold through Amazon. How many times have I beat that drum before? I'm just so bitter about those fake Ray-Bans I got on Prime Day. Many products have been tested and represent real safety threats to consumers. A popular baby car seat made by Donna, which purchased for $200 less than du- the original. Duna. Just, it's Duna. Duna? Yeah. Oh, which that's like, like how they say my name in yeah, Boston. It's Duna. Duna, all right. Made Duna. by Duna was purchased for $200 less than the original and then tested 
and then, and then test it at the University of Michigan and compare it to the original. The counterfeit smashed into pieces in a 30-mile-per-hour crash test, which failed to meet U.S. regulation standards. Thank goodness. Numerous business owners reported that their products were being targeted by counterfeiters listing themselves on Amazon as third-party sellers. The businesses said Amazon put the responsibility on them to report suspicious listings and that this often amounts to a game of whack-a-mole in which a new listing appeared almost as soon as flagged ones were taken down. And, man, I have definitely seen this. You'll see, like, I remember I was looking for, like, a dustbuster for my wife. Yeah. And some of the highest-rated ones were these, like, weird, like, knockoff Chinese ones you'd never heard of. And you'd be like, how does this have 11,000 views? I mean, 11,000 oh, 11, views. Right. Well, it turns out there's a lot of Facebook groups that these that they go in there and they offer you, like, a free product if you write a review. Right. And you have to, like, submit the review and you get a oh, refund. Oh, I know. There's a lot of emerging issues around this. Counterfeiting is just one of them. Uh, Amazon is, man, it's like, I think it's whack-a-mole for them. They're not helping uh, these uh, retailers enough, the ones making the original product and having to play the whack-a-mole game. The commercial manager of Duna, Amiad um, Raviv, says the, the company has found more than 40 Amazon listings this year that contained fake versions of its products or versions that infringed on its uh, intellectual property. Duna flags the listings, reports them to Amazon, which then removes them. But according to Revive and the other business owners that CNN, who broke the story, spoke with, this process means listings are often online for several, even days, leading to windows of opportunity when co consumers could buy the potentially dangerous or counterfeit product. So the issue of counterfeiting is a major problem in many industries. It is a reality on all e-commerce sites. But Amazon's market dominance makes it a significant target, yeah. and critics say that it can and should be doing more with its great technology to fight the problem. This has been a problem ever since they opened their doors to these third-party sellers. It allows for a lot of commingling, and when SKUs get commingled, the, the fakes end up with the goods. So whoever that picker is at the Amazon warehouse, they may not know because a lot of these things look very close. Oh, I, it takes I, a crash virtually test. Virtually identical. Yeah. You, I mean, there are little ways like you can read the scripting. Sometimes the, the scripting has like air, punctuation errors in it or isn't written. You know, there's there are like little signs. Of course, one I think one of the main ones is if you know, like if one's $300 and then here's one for yeah. $100, like, you know, it's the knockoff yeah. price. But that can be hard because what if you don't know in the first place what the price was? You know, if you didn't know that a Duna was yeah. $300 and you just you start searching, you're like, wow. But think of how you interact with Amazon. You go yeah. in there and you search baby seat, car seat, right? right. And then you're going to look at the reviews and what seems most popular. And then you're going to go and you're going to go, oh, it's the Duna. That looks really good. And, oh, here's a great deal on one. And you don't have your own crash testing until you actually get in a crash with your kid. Like this is, yeah, that's why this is it's a, sickening. It's a hazard. It's definitely that, and like cribs too. Like cri cri kid, kids can get stuck, caught in cribs, things like that. So there's a lot of products here that are like, you know, counterfeit the Ray-Bans. That, that's fine. All right. Maybe I'll get a UV but sunlight. But you know what else isn't okay? It's like, there's also this, the, as you, you pointed me to the show uh, on uh, on supply chain stuff where they're counterfeiting makeup and goods. Oh, broken they're, on Netflix. Yeah, and the, and you, you're putting the stuff on your face. Uh, you have no idea what you're putting on your face. Yeah. You think you've got the real thing and you don't. It's a criminal activity. It's a growing 
a growing thing. Um, I think it's more profitable. I think one of the strategies here of the criminally minded is that drugs only appeal to about 10% of, of the overall population. Whereas if you counterfeit any given good, you have virtually the entire population. Well, and dude, these people, like when they're doing the counterfeiting, they'll cut your ingredients. Then like the Kylie Jenner oh, lip yeah. balm, they were using super glue, super literally glue. using super glue. Yeah. And if you've ever got super glue on your finger, you don't even have to stick oh, it's, it. it's really corrosive it's and it hurts, man. You rip off a layer of skin with that stuff. Yep. Getting on your getting on your face, that's disgusting. And but here's the thing too. We did this, we were talking about counterfeiting on Port Report, and the the top three counterfeited things were makeup, supplements, and pharmaceuticals. I know. All things you're putting that, that in your body yeah. or on your body. And car seats, it's kind of scary stuff. So what do you do though? Do you buy the car seat? You go to uh do you actually go to Target and buy the car seat from there to avoid that? I don't know. I don't know what Amazon needs is doing about this developing situation. There's yeah. They, well, what do you do? The, do you are, like if you had to get a car seat, would you be like, you know what? I think I might just go to Target and get it yeah. to make sure it's you know, like legit. I'd, I'd go on, boots on the ground. Yeah, boots on the ground. Just I do that I, with supplements now. After I heard that they were so counterfeited, I'm like, there is no way I'm buying these it's, online anymore. It gets hard to know. Yeah. Really, but even even then, I think that they're not FDA approved. So, yeah. I mean, it's unregulated industry. Crazy, but true. All right. Before oh. we pull out of the station, I'm going to give you one trivia question, right? Oh. Santa Claus, right? If Santa Claus was real, was a logistics company, right? How many truckloads do you think it would take to carry all of the toys he has to give to 600 million children globally who are either Christian or secular celebrators? Ten... Ten billion, no, five hundred thousand. Oh, and it would uh, if you took all the toys, it would fill it would fill up five thousand Boeing's. But here is the thing: here is okay. a shocker, and we talked about this on Port Report yesterday. Go listen to that one on Freightcast, or just look up Port Report, or watch it on Freightways TV. Download the app, free Christmas gift. But the uh, if you took all of the returns, all of the returns are becoming a big problem. You covered that on Off the Supply Chain. The show that is on here. I think I believe yeah. I won that episode. Reverse I, I had the chain. Reverse logistics one. If you took, so all of the toys that children are going to get, all of them would fit in 5,000 planes. All of the returns, though, that are going to happen a year would take 5,600 planes. Because they don't Bones. repackage them as well? Oh, just all of the junk. <laughs> that's what it would be. I'm just oh. saying, like, more. So think of all the toys that kids are going to get for Christmas, all yeah. things they're going to buy. And then think of how many returns go out there. So a big problem, man. Big problem out there in the world. Big problem. You heard it here. Not to give you guys a bad Christmas or have a, a right. sobering thing or anything like that. But to be like a more informed consumer. Yeah, absolutely. And just just be mindful of that, especially if you have young kids. I do. So, like, that's one of the reasons we thought it was important to talk about that story. Uh, a couple plugs. So, this is What the Truck. Thank you guys for listening. You can subscribe to us on Freightcast. Look that up on whatever wherever you get your podcasts or simply do What the Truck. We're, you can still listen to us there. Yeah. 52nd ranked. Maybe we'll be 50th by the time this one's over. Yeah, thanks for the support. Maybe we'll have to go three hours to get that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for support. Thank you for everyone who's left reviews on on um, iTunes and all of those things for sharing this with a friend. Anyone watching the video has commented. Share this out. Anyone who's told anybody. Thank you. It's been an amazing year. We will be back on the 30th. That's right. With That's a wrap-up show. We'll, yep. uh, I don't know. We'll talk about the best of the, of the year and... We'll do kind of a year-end show. And bring out be the a, year, bring in the, uh, leave the it'll old be a behind. big party. Yeah, it's going to be great. Party. Just like uh, those uh, that ugly sweater party last night. Yeah. That was really that was uh, really a good time at Songbirds, getting to check out all those uh, those historic basses and guitars. Yeah, go down yeah. there. If you've, if you've never been to Songbirds, you come to Chattanooga, check it out. It's a really cool little uh, guitar museum. If you want to check us out, continue the conversation, you can find him at Chad Prevost. You can find me at Timothy Dooner. That is D-O-O-N. E-R. Go to FreightWays.com. Careers, if you need a job, you need a new job, you have a friend who needs a job, you want to get into a logistics career, it's not that Wait, hard. Wait, it's, it's not Duna? Duna. Like with an A? It's with an E-R. <laughs> okay. It's with an E-R, buddy. 
All right, let's hit the uh, let's hit the closing bell here on here. Little cowbell for everyone to yeah. tune in today. Little cowbell for Christmas, man. Little cowbell for the holidays. Shout out to Kosovo. Little cowbell for double albums of freight when you are listening to what? The truck. Man, little cowbell for yeah. our little kids. They're going to be so excited when they open their Christmas gifts this year. Jimi Hendrix, Electric Ladyland. That's a Whoa, good double Little cowbell album. for that. Little cowbell for the band Dangerous Toys, man. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Little Another great double White Lion, Rise Again, Little Fighter. <laughs> hey, Dangerous tune into Freeways Radio tomorrow, Sirius XM Channel 146.3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Merry Christmas! See you there! Bum, bum, bum!